Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff today. Um, so we wanted to talk about goals. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about success. And we want to talk about happiness. Because we sort of felt that you can't talk about any one of those without talking about all of those. No, it's just kind of like a natural segue. And we kind of anticipate that this is just going to be a bit of a a rolling ball in terms right. of topic. We're not fully sure where it's going to go completely. We kind of yeah. have a feeling for it. So uh, we're just going to talk. <laughs> the primary kind of objective is kind of goals, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's also going to cover notably success and notably happiness. Right. And then whatever else right. kind of ends up yeah. venturing in. And we disagree on some of these things. We do, actually. Which is, I think, is a good thing. This is one of the ones thing. that we disagree on. Because... Um, so yeah, I guess goals was the main first idea for this one, and we do disagree on that. But I guess before we can get to goals, we need to talk about success. And that sort of ties into talking about happiness. Mm. And uh, by that I mean that you have to define your success. I think this is one of the biggest problems people have when they're saying that they want to be successful. Because like I get a lot of emails and stuff and read people online saying how they want to be successful. <laughs> And they're not they're never really too certain what that means. Yeah. They they have this idea of being successful as if there's some some universally agreed upon metric some that magic like success fairy taps you on the head and goes, You're blessed. Yeah, so now now you're successful. <laughs> yeah. This this is the line. Before that you weren't successful, now you're successful. Yeah. And as if there's a a sudden change that happens. There's also that kind of interesting um, sort of thing where you kind of you say you want to be successful, you hit that metric that you think defines success and you realize you're still not happy. Right. Um, so kind of almost quantifying what success is to you is a very tricky but very important thing because otherwise you just kind of end up not really yeah. understanding what it is you're really shooting for Yeah. and then never really being content with what you get. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. do we begin? So, well, I mean, how do, how do you define your success? Let, let's do personal practical examples. So actually it's still something I'm kind of um, trying to figure out. Um, I still struggle with it. Some days I feel way more confident with it than other days. Um, I can tell you what I used to think success was. I used to think that success was when you have thousands and thousands of followers, when you're making a six-figure salary um, and you can search your name in Google and you dominate the front page. Like that's that's success. Um, And that was obviously making me pretty miserable because I had no obvious way of attaining that when I was just kind of working a, a nine to six job in London, not even in an arts related field. Sure. Um, so obviously I was kind of beating myself up quite a lot about that. Um, nowadays that's definitely kind of evolved. I still, as you full know, have days where I will beat myself up because I'm not a famous <laughs> six figure salary artist on right. the front page of Google. Um, I now try to make success is um, more a feeling of fulfillment. Mm. Um, I do not yet see myself as successful. I can't. Mm. I'm still in my head studying. I am not yet a professional. Right. Um, so actually, I'm sitting here as the one who doesn't see himself as a su- successful yet. Right. Um, but I am becoming far more fulfilled. Um, and mm. that, to me, is now becoming more an important part of success mm. is finding peace with myself and my journey, uh, mm. the work I'm creating, the rate at which I'm improving. 
and now I kind of, so I feel like I haven't hit an end goal of success, right. but I feel like I've hit a successful pace or a successful journey. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting way that's changed. Yeah, it's, it's interesting on a few notes there. One that uh, success I don't think ever is an end goal mm. because like for me personally, talking about my own metrics for success, I did hit my goals for success. Mm. Uh, my goals for success when I was originally a student was to make a living off this stuff. And mm. for me, I defined it very literally as making $40,000 a year. Mm. And I came to that figure because I think I Googled what was the median income for like uh, American men or something like that right. and came up with like $40,000 a year. pretty good metric. And I was like, that, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm yeah. going to make $40,000 a year and that's, that's how I'm going to define success. And I'll talk a little bit in a little while about how you probably shouldn't define it by money but uh, but I did and that was that was my metric and then I hit that I hit that the first year out of art school and by just working my ass off and uh, I hit that and I realized that yeah I was successful by my previous metric but then where do you go from there like you gotta go you gotta keep evolving yeah uh, it's kind of like the stuff we talked about in the last one where uh, you just have to keep progressing you can't just stop and the same goes for success. Success is not really a marker. Yeah, there's like no a like milestone. Yeah, yeah I, I made it to the top of the mountain and now I'm done. Uh, it's it's a continual process kind of throughout your entire like life. Like a moving goalpost. <laughs> yeah. So so I think it is important to realize that whatever success you do define will change once you mm. get there. And uh, the other thing that I think you mentioned that is important to notice is that you need to be happy before you hit that goal. Mm. You need to be, you don't have to be like thrilled that you haven't met your goals yet, yep. but you have to find some sort of contentment, uh, realizing that it is a journey mm. and you do have to get there somehow and you don't have to be miserable the whole way there because that does not sound That's fun. Martyrdom. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no real reason to just beat yourself up and hate yourself because you haven't met this strange goal yet because if you do that then you're going to get to that goal you're going to be happy for like 10 minutes and mm -hmm. then you're going to set a new goal and then you're going to be miserable again yep. so that's why i think that all three of these subjects need to be talked about together because you also have to figure out how to make yourself happy with art mm. and i think this one's kind of a really important one that people misunderstand a lot. We kind of look at it the wrong way around, like being good at art will make you happy. Right. Um, and when you have all the clients that you want and all the money that you want, that you'll be happy. Um, right. It doesn't generally work like that. We touched on it again last time. Um, right. And I said about how you are still the same person when sure. you get to that point. Um, it doesn't fix the way that you think about things. Uh, it doesn't fix your need for more. Um, we don't, as creatures, really think of what we want. Into, like we, we think that what we want is like a a kind of a, a ladder that we climb across and we, we move and we get the things we want and we move again. It's more like we stay still, grab things and we just kind of keep wanting. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't really change with how good we get. Our capacity to want grows mm. with us. Right. Um, once we've got that goal, we're looking at the next one. What's going to fulfill me next? Um, so it's really important that we get happy before we get successful. Mm. Um, not successful before we yeah. get happy it's not something it's not causation type thing right um so actually it's kind of worth separating those pursuits um and trying to make your pursuit of professional success so closely tied to your pursuit of personal happiness is 
really good way to end up completely miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very true. Um, yeah, I, I think it kind of ties in with how increasing your income just in the general population doesn't necessarily equate to increased happiness. Mm. Uh, there are, of course, a little bit of correlation there, but it's not a strong indicator that richer people are just happier than you know poor people. That's just not really how it works. It mm. kind of levels out. There's obviously some differences there, but uh, the same sort of goes with art skills. Like if you go from student level to professional level, you're not just immediately going to be happier with mm. your art. Uh, like I know I'm just about as happy with my art as I was as a student, <laughs> which is thankfully pretty happy. Yeah, like, I mean, I was, you were a pretty, like, bold student. Yeah, I was, I was kind of full of myself back then, <laughs> so I'm just kind of still full of myself. It's great. Oh, honey. Uh, yeah, just, just be super full of yourself. That's right. I'll bring the kind of humility and the self-hatred. Yeah, there you this go. Is, this is how we balance out. Yeah. This is why we're so good together. This, this is why I married you. Oh, God. That's all right. I'll bring all the self-doubt. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to touch back actually I think a lot of people will kind of be what you said about having like money is not related to happiness mm. um, I speak for myself because I know that I two three years ago would have been like how could he say that he can only say that because he's comfortable and doesn't have to worry right. about money like he doesn't know um, let's talk a bit more about how that works right. and ways that we can kind of find happiness before we've reached our financial mm. markers and things like that sort of Go down that tangent. Yes. Carry on with what you were saying on that yes. kind of tangent. Uh, I, th I think it has a lot more to do with your both your outlook on life and just your overall contentment with things. Mm. Uh, two people can look at the exact same situation and one can be happy about it and one can be sad about it. Mm. And that has far more to do with you than it does uh, with any sort of external factors. Mm. If you... Uh, um, I need to get you to read this book, but everyone should read the book, uh, Stumbling on Happiness. Mm. And it's, it's really good. It looks deep into all the science, all the studies on happiness, and it's very counterintuitive. Mm. We drastically overestimate how happy we're going to be and how sad we're going to be about things. Mm. Uh, like they, they did a lot of studies on people that had lost a limb. Mm. And as somebody that hasn't lost any limbs, you think about it and you think, oh, God, that's going to be terrible. Yeah. My life is going to be Probably ruined. the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. I could never, I will always be sad about that. But then they actually do studies of people that have lost a limb at some point in their life. And they realize they're, they're usually just about as happy as they were before, five years later. Sometimes they're happier. They're actually <laughs> often happier. Which is, which is super counterintuitive. So when, yeah. you, when you start looking at happiness, you, you start to notice the, the pattern that it has very, very little to do with situation, has far more to do with outlook on things. So this sounds like the, this is a theory I love, the hedonic treadmill, mm -hmm. um, about how as human beings we kind of have um, what's kind of like a baseline level of happiness. Right. Um, and we fluctuate between happy and sad, and then we kind of have this neutral basis. Um, and that we also tend to pursue the highs of that. Um, right. So we're always looking to be happy when actually um, we always tend to kind of come back down. So no matter how much we get, how much stuff we get, how much fame we get, money, whatever, it has a tendency when that kind of peters off. So the day after you, you feel less excited about it. And then when terrible things happen to you, Again, like it feels like the worst thing in the world. And then gradually you realize that you're still you and life still holds things in it that are worth 
enjoying and actually you start creeping back to your baseline again mm -hmm. and that actually the baseline level of happy is more important than the extreme ends of it right um i'm gonna be quite honest and talk about my own if that's okay yeah. about the ups and downs i've had um sure. i've talked about it in an article if any of you guys read any of my articles i've touched upon this uh thinking my lessons from a damsel saved which is also very honest and um quite frankly I haven't been that successful um, and I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. Um, I had to take care of myself um, so I was working a job that I didn't like um, with people who made me feel not very good about myself. Um, I went through some extreme lows and people commented that um, even when I was at my lowest they found I was a like strong happy person and that made me feel great about myself I was yeah. like you know I can soldier on through anything um on the flip side of things now I'm the happiest I've ever been um I've got everything that like three years ago I could have dreamed of I mean mm. even just meeting you would have been like <laughs> <laughs> and now like I'm living a fairy tale life and I'm so happy you get to meet me every day that's just like a dream come true special <laughs> I wish I could oh, meet. it's such a pathetic fangirl. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I wish like... I could meet me every day. That sounds great. <laughs> I'll take the like public displays of affection elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but you would think that every day I like, boom, wake up, get up. Yeah. I'm like springing from my bed. I sure. like jump downstairs and I'm like, oh, it's Noah Bradley all over again. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my art's got so much better. Mm -hmm. I don't have any worries. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm the same person. Yeah. I have the same capacity to wake up in a foul mood for no obvious reason. I am the same, like I will have on days, off days. Um, and suddenly I realized that pinning my, like I will only be happy if I have this, 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 if I'm able to do this, 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 right. um, actually was just an excuse. It's easy it's, and it, it does make you happy quickly. And then it comes back down again. Yeah. Um, so working on that baseline level is actually way, way better for happiness. Making sure that you kind of find contentment in smaller moments in mm. your life, um, making peace with where you're currently at, uh, taking it back and stop projecting so far into the future and mm. imagining a magazine cover version of yourself that has everything and can do everything. Um, the easiest way to shift your overall level of happiness is to make that baseline neutral level a happier kind of person. And then when things get really good, you've got less far to fall. And when things get really bad, you've got more of a pull back up to your usual self. Yeah. And that works quite well, I think. I've seen both ends of that cycle and it's worked really well for me. Yeah. Um, and also just admitting that I'm not a all happy, all singing monkey of just like well, yeah. positivity. Yeah. <laughs> I can be a pain. I'm like, yeah. I can be plenty monkey. Yeah, I mean, happy, happy doesn't equate to like ecstatic joy 24 seven. That's, that's creepy. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like people that are that happy no. that often. I, I don't trust any of that. No. That, that cannot be real like at all. Like the unending optimism of no. just like, we can do anything. No, no we can't. No, we, no, no. no we're, we're not that special. No. <laughs> like, stop pretending we're that special. And this is something I talked about online recently about when I paint. Like, I'm not, I'm not thrilled every mm. time I'm painting. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is great. With a really creepy smile while he's painting. <laughs> like, yeah, sweet. Like, sometimes I'll be, like, really happy when I paint. But that is super rare. The fleeting moments uh, are just, like... Most of the yeah. time, I'm just, like... It's I'm work. just kind of meh. It's work. Sometimes I'm miserable. Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I just want to get this done. Yeah. And the thing is, is that all the time, no matter how I feel while I'm painting, I still am at a higher level 
really quite fulfilled by making art because mm. at the end of the day I get to make some cool pictures yeah. and that's what fulfills me mm. so it's happiness isn't about momentary things like that uh, there is there is a level of momentary happiness that I think you should work on and practice mm. and I think it is something that you can practice I think you can practice being more contented in you know just a, your daily life mm. uh, whenever you wake up you can feel contented that you have a nice uh, bed that you just got yeah. out of and stuff like that and there are ways to go about doing that uh, you can do the whole stoic thing where uh, his whole advice was that you're supposed to like live off of meager food and like wear the cheapest clothes for a while and I think he was like live in I don't know, basically a tent and that was sort of his thing to like kind of kind of like what you're talking about with baselines to establish a new low baseline <laughs> where okay everything's awful I have you know I'm just eating like rice just plain rice every day I get to wear like cheap jeans and a t-shirt every day mm -hmm. and I'm sleeping in a tent every day and I'm still like I'm doing okay I'm, yeah. I'm doing my thing and so establishing these levels of baseline of yes I can be contented and happy even if I don't have all the luxuries in yeah. life yeah. Um, from my kind of position um, there's again I'm kind of be honest um, I I currently don't make money. We are going through the kind of legal things about being me being in America as a yeah. n like a visitor. I can't make money. Nope. Um, that's not legal, and nope. that means I have Please to be. Please don't make any money. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just get Please don't get us in legal trouble. Um, I can't. Being here as a visitor means that I legally can't make money, uh, which means I have to do something which I was taught never to do growing up, the biggest thing I was always taught was to always be independent and take care of myself, um, and I can't. Um, it's really difficult for me, um, because I, I mean, you look after me and you, you make it that I don't have to worry about going like hungry tomorrow if I can't pay, so in that sense I can't relate with people who have to go through things like that. Sure. Um, but I do have my own kind of fear of, you know, I mean, as much as like I don't see our <laughs> marriage ending after three <laughs> glorious weeks, um, there is that like insatiable panicky part of me that's just like, it's not my money, it's not my money, I need my own money, it's right. not my money. Um, and so, like, even though it's kind of, there might be some people who think listening to us because, you know, we're in a privileged position that right. you don't understand what it's like to not be successful and just have mm -hmm. to worry about these things. So I just kind of want to put that out there to people who are struggling. I do. Um, I beat up on myself constantly because I'm mm -hmm. not in a position where I can take care of myself yet. Sure. Um, I mourn everything I take off you and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I practice um, what you were saying about raising the, the baseline level of happy, mm -hmm. um, of finding contentment in things. Um, and as such, even though I don't have as much stuff that as I used to when I was independent and working for myself and things like that, um, I am a happier person, so even though I have less, mm. I am happier because I've made a conscious practice of being appreciative of what I've got, recognizing that just because I don't have it now, it doesn't mean I won't ever have it, right. um, and seeing, rather than pinning my happiness in an end goal, mm -hmm. I pin my happiness in noticeable milestones and sure. small growths. So every time there's an improvement in my painting, every time I, like, I don't know, gain a follower on Twitter, that's another personal triumph that makes me feel better about myself, makes me happier than like any amount of money that I earned before made me. Um, so I just kind of want to put that out there as like a, um, to anyone who kind of thinks that they, they can't like practice these sorts of 
contentment finding activities um, from a position of financial turbulence or anything like that, it's something that you can do. Um, It's hard. It's really hard. Um, I really feel for anyone going through it, but um, it's doable and it will take the stress off you a little bit and it will just kind of, it will just make things more manageable and probably you find that things go a little bit easier when you're less frightened of things and less beating up on yourself and that kind of thing. Hating yourself is probably not a... Not a good thing to do. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, can we talk about um, my attitude towards goals in that sense? Yeah. Um, so at the beginning of the year, um, I decided that I was going to um, kind of give up setting goals, uh, which seems kind of counterintuitive. And um, perhaps maybe I can only do that because I'm in a position of privilege. Um, but... I found that by setting myself goals, I was um, putting a whole lot of pressure on myself, um, feeling like a miserable failure at every step of the way. Um, even if I achieved 75% of my goal, I could only see the 25% I hadn't got. Mm. Um, and it just wasn't healthy. Um, and I no. found that I was setting goals because I was desperate to make myself happier. Um, setting goals as a means of making myself better so that I could be a happier person. Um, and it was doing the complete opposite of that. It was making me miserable. Yeah, um, I can vouch for that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, you're so much more stoic than me. But when I decided to give up goals, uh, it's not like I stopped working. That didn't make me a lazy person. Um, I actually achieved more when I gave up goals because mm-hmm. suddenly I wasn't working for the expectation of success. Mm-hmm. I was working because I enjoyed the process and because mm-hmm. I look at, was looking forward to it and every success was its own success it wasn't a fraction of success of what i had hoped for Mm. um it made a big difference for me i've been a much more cheery person since yeah and you and you've gotten a lot done Mm. um but this is one area where we will disagree on things because i am a super goals oriented person because i've gone without goals before and i usually just don't tend to accomplish much Mm. I, i tend to slack off I tend to not push myself as hard. Mm. And with me, if I have a goal in mind, even if it's a very high level goal, just like finish this project, uh, that will motivate me to every day work towards that thing. Mm. I don't, I don't do well with the smaller goals with like, I don't do well with like schedules or something. Daily schedules, I would, I'd be terrible. Um, but if you look at like longer term goals, like I've always done yearly goals and always done really well because of them. Yeah. And I've made them very specific and like, this is how many paintings I want to do this year, this is how much money I want to make this year, this is how many articles I want to write, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and that has pushed me to try to hit those goals and is, I think, one of the reasons I've done as well as I have. Uh, that said, if I don't meet those goals, I also don't beat myself up, which I think is, is why they're good for me. Yeah. Uh, my metrics for happiness are not defined by meeting those goals. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll have a brief moment of beating myself up if I fail to meet a goal, but I'll also kind of get over it pretty quick and be like, yeah, well, it worked really hard and I still did you know, eight paintings instead of 10 paintings. Uh, I'll still be proud of myself. So I have an easier time, I think, with that than mm-hmm. you, which is why I tend to err on the side of setting goals. Um, but I do understand that they work a little bit differently for yeah. different people. I would kind of recommend to anybody who's unsure of where they kind of sit on the should I set goals, should I not, that kind of thing. Um, I've recently been getting into like the Myers-Briggs personality stuff, which I know not everyone kind of agrees with. Um, I personally find it extremely 
extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, it's helped me understand my motivations behind um, everything hmm. more. It's helped me realise what's important to me. Yeah. Um, it's helped me realise why I have the funny quirks I do. Yeah. Um, one of my funny quirks is that I I have to have approval from people, which is like something that people constantly bang on about. Don't seek approval from others. Right. Seek approval from yourself. Um, but that is just my personality type, and that's not something I can easily change. Um, so understanding your own personality and what works well for you is a good way of figuring out how to best move forward, um, how to not let certain quirks in your personality hold you back, how to find ways of rewarding yourself. Um, so for me, my greatest reward is um, when I feel like I've helped somebody. Mm. Uh, it's when I feel like I've been honest and sincere and that I've helped somebody, which is why I'm being so candid about my crazy, like whatever's going on up here. Um, it makes me feel good about myself to share some things about me that I think might help other people. Right. Um, and understanding that, was like a light bulb moment um, mm. and we've started doing that and suddenly my feeling of self-worth has gone through the roof it's been, yeah. I feel way better because yeah. like, I feel like I'm actually getting to use my strengths yeah. rather than just beating up because I'm lazy and useless and can't set goals and right. I'm never going to be a good artist help me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, anyone who kind of is interested in that should look up the Myers-Briggs personality tests uh, there's loads of cool resources mm. online um, it might help you it might not you might want to disregard it you might want to burn it in a trash fire but uh, that kind of thing, I always find trying to understand yourself and your motivations, your weaknesses, quite an interesting yeah. way of moving forward. Yeah, I uh, read an interesting book, uh, I think it was the beginning of this year, maybe. no, it was late last year, sorry. Um, it was, I finally read Tony Robbins's Awaken the Giant Within, hmm. and overall the book was way too long for what oh, yeah. it was, but it, it had some good points in there, and one of the overarching things in there is sort of defining what your metrics for success and happiness are mm. and to actually write those down. Like I am happy when, uh, I feel attractive when I feel healthy when, you know, what, what are your definable standards for yourself on what, on when you'll actually feel like those things yeah. uh, and really breaking those things down and then looking at them like really hard and realizing, Oh God, this is super unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, he had all these kind of examples of, you know, these people that would come in there and they'd be like, Oh, I'm so unhappy. And then once you start breaking it down of like, okay, what does it take for you to feel happy? Mm. And it just takes tremendous things. And well, he's like, well, no wonder you're miserable. If, if it takes like climbing Mount Everest for you to feel like you've accomplished something for the day, then <laughs> most days you're not going to feel yeah, accomplished. Feel like a failure. Yeah, most of the time. And, you know, he gets into this for relationships too. Like, what does it take for you to feel loved? And, you know, ladies like, well, he needs to take me out to like a five, five star dinner and buy me flowers. Yeah, and, so, and he's like, well, that's going to happen occasionally, yeah. but that's not really going to set you up for, for a healthy relationship. Yeah. That you're going to feel that happy sometimes, yeah. but you've got to, you got to redefine mm. what it is that will really make you happy. And, uh, I think that's, that's an important thing for artists, especially, uh, in a different context of a lot of people, I think their metric for happiness with their art is, when I do a good painting, I feel happy, mm. which I think is a, just a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Uh, or when I get a new client, I am happy. 
or when I get paid, I am happy. It's, mm-hmm. it's setting all these external goals. And same goes for social media. If I get a thousand likes on something, I am happy. Mm-hmm. When you start setting these external things that you have no control over, that will just happen as flukes or in time or anything like that, you're going to be unhappy with yourself most of the time. I think the thing is that um, these hopes have a very insidious ways of becoming expectations. Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of set ourselves the goal of something. Um, I would like it if I got 500 followers, um, which after you know two months of slaving away, commenting on everything, liking everything, plowing all you can into social media and just along 300, you then, instead of being like, okay, so I'm most of the way to my 500 goal, you would go why am I not at 500 yet? Um, And suddenly these desires turn into expectations. And it's almost like we start kind of gathering the thoughts behind someone who's at 500 before we hit that, which means that when we're not at 500, we feel like failures. Um, So there's kind of this, there's a lot to be said for kind of scaling down our views, which sounds kind kind of intuitive. It's kind of what I was saying about not setting goals is kind of stop throwing that net so far in the future. Um, stop thinking that the only way to be successful or whatever is to have this many followers and that amount of money and this sort of thing um bring the net closer and like don't expect things before they happen um expectation is the killer of happiness in Mm. so many it's like applies to everything when we start expecting things from the world we suddenly take control away from ourselves and throw it out there in the world Mm. which holding yourself accountable um, and keeping these kind of expectations inside Mm. is a nice way of kind of stopping the world from bringing you down. Um, If I expect that in, I'm like, this month I want to gain a thousand followers uh, and I throw that expectation out there, it's like it becomes the world's problem to fix. Mm. Um, I am relying on a thousand people to want to see my work and follow my work and fulfill my happiness. Um, and when that happens, I feel like the world has done me what it owed me. Sure. When it doesn't happen, I feel the world has wronged me. Uh, and I feel pretty miserable about everything. <laughs> um, so it's like, instead of kind of thinking like that, I found that scaling that back and going, I would like to improve my following on social media. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, also, rather than being like, I need more followers to be happy, I'm like, so what do I like about my current followers? And I get massive kicks out of commenting back on everything I can. Um, I love that I have a small enough following that I can engage with everyone who follows me. Mm. Um, and so I make the most of that. So rather than being pissed off, that, sorry, excuse my throwing, um, rather than being annoyed um, that I don't have more followers, mm. um, I make the most of something I know I won't get to enjoy when I have more followers. Mm. Um, there is usually a positive to be seen in these situations, so I get to have these very meaningful interactions with people mm. um, because I'm not successful yet. Uh, I get to offer advice to people who are kind of going through the same journey as me because I don't yet... I'm not so far ahead of them that I have forgotten what they're going through. Um, I can still relate. So that process of finding something good in where you currently are uh, in not expecting the world to give you everything you want um, in finding peace if you don't get what you want um, and finding ways to kind of make do with what you have. um, It can be, it can feel unfair. Um, it can feel like looking around at everyone else and going, well, why do they have something? But again, that's throwing your net 
externally. Um, If you start looking to other people and going, why don't I have what they have? Um, That is putting, again, your happiness externally. Um, The only thing you have control over is yourself. So stop putting it on everyone else. Stop putting your happiness as everyone else's responsibility because that's a sure way everyone's going to let you down. You can't just... You can't... You just can't, people. (laughs) Be happy. (laughs) Yes, just just be happy. Uh, It's kind of like when I was reading that book uh, earlier this year on the the Holocaust survivors Mm. and how they managed to be kind of happy in that situation, which is just mind-blowing. Like, how do you? (laughs) This person going through all this stuff Mm. still manages to kind of sort of be happy. And the whole revelation that he had, uh, which is the whole point behind the book, was... The only thing you really have control over, even if you don't have control over your body, your freedom, uh, anything, your mm. food, in anything in life, you still have control over how you perceive things. You you always have control over that. Yeah. That's that's yours, and that was the thing that all of these survivors had is that even if they had lost everything else, and they had lost everything else, all of their loved ones died, all their possessions were gone, all their freedom was gone. And still they managed to be happy because they were able to take control of that one thing, mm. um, which I think is really, uh, really powerful. Mm. Obviously, way more intense than art. Yes. But, you know, still kind of applies <laughs> to art, but in a far less intense way. Yeah. But it kind of gives you a little bit of perspective in that, um, you know, we have a tendency to feel like people are luckier than us. Sure. And there is always someone who's luckier out there, but yep. it's also worth remembering there are people who are less lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when things feel like you know everyone else has got a leg up and i don't and everyone else has got more money and more opportunities um it's worth remembering that if you were born in an english-speaking country you don't have a language barrier with most of the world mm-hmm. um it's worth remembering that if you were born into a family that is pretty loving and yeah. you know that's great lots of people don't have loving support networks um, i mean i mean the very ability to be listening to this right now means that every single one listening is lucky because everyone can <coughs> can understand English even if they can't speak it perfectly they still understand English and they have an internet connection yep. that's actually pretty good yep. to be able to stream video or yeah. audio so that's pretty so, awesome. so they have two things that means that they're lucky mm. uh, they might not be the luckiest you'll never be the luckiest yeah. the luckiest guy is terrible yeah, probably. Uh, no, He's no, not had to try. Nobody likes no him. No one wants to be friends with him. Nobody likes him. <laughs> He's a really boring person. Uh, he is way too lucky. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but you are lucky. You are lucky in some ways, and you do have some control over that. Um, it's so. quite uh, it's a liberating thing to kind of take responsibility for that. Um, it's a scary thing um, because, you know, the world does throw stuff at us we can't control. Um, we are born into situations we have no control over. We live in areas we can't control. We have like life events happen that we can't control. And it's unfair when that happens because there are people who it doesn't happen to and it sucks. And it's like, if only I could get this straight, then it would be fine. Um, but actually kind of taking stock of what you do currently have and taking responsibility for the way you currently feel and the way you currently behave is a really good way of making the most of what you've got because Mm. simply hating on people who've got things better um, or feeling like it's not fair or it's going to hold you back, um, it's it's just going to hold you back. Um, If you sit down and go, well, you know, I can't because that person has this and I don't, it's going to stop you. If you kind of stop and go, okay, that sucks, but literally I can't control it, there's nothing I can do to fix that, 
all I can do is work with what I've got and what do I have? I currently have a working internet connection, I have the free time to work on my artwork and I say have a loving family who will support me. That's more than most of the world has. <laughs> I still have a certain amount of power to act on this, mm. even if it's a tiny, tiny step at a time, it's still a step that other people can't take. Mm. Um, and it's gonna sound really kind of, it, I worry that some people might think that sounds harsh or judgy or like I think that people don't have struggles and I really don't because I, mm. I know, I really do know what it's like. I haven't suffered horrifically, but you know, everyone suffers and everyone struggles and everyone goes through different things. And one thing that one person might think is like really, another person might think is terrible and it changes their life and it's basically we are all going through stuff um, there's like apart from that one lucky guy no one has it perfectly um, that guy does yeah, that guy Just, we, we I don't, want to be we that, don't guy. that guy no you don't <laughs> I don't want you to be that guy <laughs> I don't ever want to be that guy um, so the sooner we kind of accept that um, the biggest thing that we can do the only thing we can do is take control of our own thoughts and kind of push forward with ourselves. That's the only thing we have control over. So it's our greatest tool, basically. It's yeah. our greatest weapon, yeah. is to just harness what we do have in the face of all the things we don't, yeah. and keep plan forward anyway. Yeah. Um, and then one day, you will probably be surrounded by people who are kind of looking at you as inspirational, and going, how did you do it? And the honest answer is, I just kept doing it. I just yeah. kept trying. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly these things that held you back and oppressed you, become something to be proud of. I did this in spite of all the things against me. Um, and it's something to be proud of. It, there are people who don't hold back. There are people that do keep going, mm. people that do work hard. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like on a, oh, I'm tumbling here, I'm just about to say. Um, at the same time, I don't want people to think that that, um, that means that they should feel terrible about their choices to mm. work more or less. Um, another thing that, we see kind of a lot lately, um, which is great. I'm gonna say, before I say anything else, it's great and I'm pleased to see it. Uh, there's much more awareness for kind of um, mental health online. Uh, it's, I particularly see it on Twitter, in my community on Twitter. Um, we're much more encouraging of people taking breaks, not burning out, um, you know, calming down, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. And it's so wonderful to see, especially as a newbie, when you see people you admire saying, it's okay to take breaks, mm -hmm. don't put too much pressure on yourself. That's Perfect, I'm so happy to have heard it. Um, the trouble then comes from expecting um, to not, it's like the next step is then finding a balance. Um, so the temptation when we see that it's okay to not be working constantly is to expect everything that comes from working constantly without working constantly. Right. Um, so what I want to say is that it is completely okay to choose to work less mm -hmm. as long as you're also changing your goalposts for success. Like, right. um, you should not be like placing your like success goals for like someone who's a multimillionaire and like they don't sleep, they don't eat. Um, and that is a legitimate way to pursue things if you want to, but don't, make that your target if it's not a lifestyle that you are able to keep up. Yeah. That's when you have to kind of start looking internally and going, okay, I am not the kind of person who wants to pull all-nighters. I'm not, I am not mm -hmm. the kind of person who wants to pull all-nighters. Sure. I'm not the kind of person who wants to sacrifice my relationships, my hobbies. Um, I want to have free time. I want to spend time with you. I want a family someday. These are all things I want mm -hmm. and that is great. And I can have them and I can have my career 
and I don't need to sacrifice anything. I'm not going, okay, well, I have a mediocre career because I want these other things. I am just scaling down my expectation of success. Sure. Um, I still... And your time frame for success. That too. I think that's that's the thing is that, yeah, you can work less and still get to the same goalpost, Mm. but you have to realize that it's going to take you a lot longer to get there. Like for me... I did sacrifice things to be successful early. That, mm. That's what I did, is that all of my success could have happened a little bit later, and I could have worked a lot less, uh, a lot less hours per day. But I wanted to get successful really, really soon, mm. and so I just worked like crazy. Uh, when I was in school, I would work you know, 12-hour days and stuff. Yeah. I don't want to work 12-hour days anymore because it makes me miserable yeah. in the long run. Uh, in the short term, my only metric for happiness there was I need to be successful, I need to pay <laughs> off student loans, mm. and I need to do it soon. Uh, and I didn't mind sacrificing the rest of the things in my life at the time. Mm. And so I, I made that conscious transaction between you know, time, happiness, success, all these things that you have to balance out for yourself. And there's, there's nothing wrong with not working. I, I love not working. Not working is fantastic. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. But I also don't have any delusions that I'm getting better at art or I'm making art somehow by not making yeah. art. If if you're not doing the thing that you're trying to do, then you're not doing it. Yeah. Which which I know is like super obvious, but people don't seem to get that. They yeah. want they want all the nice perks of working twelve hour days without any of the annoyance and stress yeah. and unbelievable burnout of working twelve hour days. Yeah, so they kind of let themselves um and to be honest I'm guilty of this too. I really am. Um I let myself have this lofty goal of success. But then I also see people talking about how I don't have to put in twelve hour days and there's ways without that. So then I go, Okay, I won't put in twelve hour days how do I get to the success thing? (laughs) What do I do now? Um, So the truth is, um, either I start putting in those 12-hour days to get more like you. Um, I don't put in 12-hour days, but accept it's going to take me 10 years to get like you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I scale it back and go, I don't want to put in the time. It does not make an equal trade-off for me to invest all this misery up front to then have the payoff later. There's like, everyone can kind of evaluate their own path. Um, Everyone's going to have different kind of energy investments versus payoff and that kind of relationship is something you have to work out yourself in my current situation i'm like a 12-hour day is going to make me more miserable than the Mm -hmm. success is going to make me happy um and so i've just kind of had to be a bit humble and take a step back and go okay i cannot let myself feel like a failure until i reach your level i have got to start identifying with my own art my own success is my own journey and stop comparing it to people who are more successful than me Mm. um and that isn't lazy it isn't giving up it's not being unambitious it's preserving my sanity (laughs) um and yeah i know it's i just feel like it's so difficult for everybody everybody's got their own jaggedy path that they're trying to clamber over Mm. in the most graceful way that they can um it's just kind of worth taking stock of where you are um, and where you want to be and making sure that that investment that you're making is worth the payoff you're expecting. Um, making sure that you are investing enough, but also that you're not investing too much, that you've set your goal posts far enough to be happy, but not so far that you are pinning everything onto reaching those goal posts and you're going to work yourself into the ground and be miserable. <laughs> um, 
it's all about kind of self-reflection and everybody's journey is different. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to be lazy. It doesn't mean you have to work yourself into the ground. Yeah. Everyone's metric of success is different and the world needs different. We can't yes. all be like, we can't all be rock stars. No. I, I mean, I think the world is perfect full of all kinds of levels. Yeah. Um, and it should be. Like, not everyone is cut out to be a rock star, honestly. It just makes people miserable. Yeah. Most, it takes most a people... certain kind of person to... <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 like <laughs> I still think you are. That's because you're crazy. <laughs> um, I need a little bit. Um, just maybe. <laughs> but I would not be cut out for your route to success. Sure. It would not make me happy. Um, and that is fine. We shouldn't all be the same. No. Uh, the world is richer for having two different points of views out of us and not one point of view. Yeah. Um, and I think that we all kind of need to celebrate ourselves and the successes that we can create, uh, the value that we're adding to the world that doesn't add up to somebody else's and how does that measure to everyone else who's successful. Yeah. Focus on ourselves and yeah. stop looking externally. And whatever for, makes you happy. Do that thing. Yeah, just be happy. Yeah. I think that's our that's our general point. Be Think. happy. I mean, I'm um, I'm on Twitter a lot, and if anyone wants to kind of DM me with their own kind of questions about how they're meant to find contentment when everything is so difficult, and you know, I'm I'm always on Twitter, and please, no, no, it's like don't send this to don't me. Don't talk to me. Um, Noah's in cave mode. Yeah. Noah so. sits in a cave and stays in his cave. <laughs> It's very I'm nice the, in my case. I'm the chatty one. Yes. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can leave it in like YouTube comments or like private message, and I'll try and get to as many as I can. Um, I don't want anyone to feel that they're not able to reach their own happiness and success. Mm. Um, I would love to help anybody else. So if anyone's got any doubts, ping them at me. Yep. I love that kind of stuff. Um, I'll try to help you as best I can. Um, I just hope it's kind of encouraging. It can be yeah. difficult to say this kind of stuff without sounding... Without sounding like you're putting the blame on people, like, it's your you're fault, a, you're not happy. You're a failure and you're miserable because of you. It's not what I mean. That's, that's what we're saying. It's like We're a, saying you're awful. Shush, shush you. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not saying that? No, we're not. We're oh. not saying that. That's terrible, babe. Oh. You can't say that. Oh. I'm saying it's not your fault if you're not happy, but you have more power and more equipment to make yourself happier than you might realize um and that's a great way to start it might not be your only answer and sometimes life is just mean mm -hmm. i mean I've, i think life's been mean to me sometimes i think life's been mean to yeah. like uh, great to me sometimes mm -hmm. um i can kind of say that sometimes there have been times where i've just sat there and gone i, I really didn't deserve that that's not fair yeah. um but you can't let that define you um mm. you have to work with what you've got yeah. um if you want to meet your own level of success um so i just kind of i hope that the overall message of this is to inspire and encourage people um mm. and let them realize that they have more control than they might realize yeah. um and it's not a criticism or a stamping you guys suck type thing because believe me i've been there <laughs> i know intimately what it's like uh, and I still struggle with it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That was kind of what I wanted to get out. Yeah. I think I've said all that I need to say about yeah. that. Yeah. I think okay. we've covered that well. I think so. Well, thanks for listening to us ramble, guys. Um, again, if you've got any comments or anything, feel free to comment or um, send me a tweet or something like that. Uh, I'll put the link in the bio. Not the bio. The description. 
nothing. nothing. That bit that goes down there. I really know YouTube. There's a yeah. reason why it's on his channel and not, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.